0: You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Alright, so chapter
1: four is Passions. They mentioned that the American dream will not make you happy, and that's on page 73. As we're in the UK, is there a UK equivalent, and is it a good sentiment to aspire to? I'll
2: tell you this, all right? You see this American dream nonsense, all right? That's, that's by, and large, by and large, in some cases, what it is, because I think if you were to... And I want to get this right in, in, in the way I, I, I articulate it because I don't want to use this crab in a barrel effect it kind of thing, but there's many, many people, and I'm going to say, let's call them immigrants who have this, they go to the States chasing this American dream. And then one person will emerge from the paraffin, let's say, and will be very, very successful. And that person is the epitome of the American dream. And then there's millions, and I'm going to say millions of people who are still chasing that American dream who don't actually achieve What is the American dream? And they end up being, actually, searching for a meaningful life. They end up chasing and chasing and chasing. um, I don't want to say a a dream, but they're chasing something which doesn't have any meaning. And then some people who actually do achieve achieve the American dream actually end up, you know, standing on on their, I don't know, standing on, I don't know, let's say their achievement. And they start looking around thinking, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. and then they, they start going looking in search of what is a meaningful life. I mean, let's look at these two individuals, for example. They, they had achieved, I don't want to say the American dream, but they were very successful and had a lot of money and decided to scrap a lot of what they were doing, um, um, sell or get rid of a lot of their belongings and then just disappear. And American, the, what a and load the, of rubbish.
0: What's that, Miss? And the UK dream pox?
1: A UK dream.
0: Uh,
2: uh, what is that? Uh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a question, but you
0: rambling about
2: about. <laughs> <laughs> I drew comparison with the American dream because obviously, uh, well, a French drew good comparison as to there being an American dream. Is there a UK a UK equi- equivalent? So I spoke on the American dream. I don't know what the UK dream is, but this is what I would say. I know a lot of people at this moment in time in the in the UK. We're beginning to develop a lot of traits and characteristics of those of the US. Some of it is good, like in all things, and some of it is bad. I think the American dream is is quite materialistic. That's not an ideal that I share. Do
0: you know what? You raised a good question, French. Do you know why? Because even though it might sound, it might seem, as you just said, P, that the American dream is like... It's, it's just BS. It's just a over, It's just a mask to cover up America's wrongdoings and, and, and America's kind of almost like you haven't actually got a chance here. Like, at least there's something that can trick the mind into striving towards greatness, if that makes sense. Or there's, there's like, there is a dream that like, it can happen. I've yeah. never heard of something similar in the UK or UK dream. How do you know when you achieve something in the UK? Is it by form of MBE, OBE? What, what is almost the achievement of a UK dream. That's a good point, because if you're a four-year-old child, a three-year-old child, and even though your parents might not believe in it, it's just like Santa Claus, because your parents might not believe in it, but they're doing it for you, like the, US, the, the um, American dream. You can be what you want, you can achieve what you want. It kind of gives someone a strive, a, a kind of a desire, like to try and get to somewhere, which might not exist, but at least it's giving them a driving desire. And they drum it in no, They're really passionate believers as well. They drum it in early. In the UK, I don't remember being in school saying "UK Dream," and it was. I just don't. I don't recall. I might have not been around the right people, the right institutes, but I don't recall that. So I don't think yeah. there's an equivalent. I can't think of an equivalent. I'm trying to think of young black people that have like that have been given recognition in this country. You're kind of oh, Jamal Edwards got an OBE, MBE, um, one of the two. Yeah. Um, your Lenny Henry's a comedian. I'm trying to think, um, what at what point did they achieve the equivalent of the US dream and it was recognised? Is it when you achieve one of these things where you're given one of these... I, I don't know, innit? I actually don't know. Sorry. Um. Just, I, I don't want... You know, you know
2: I can ramble a little bit on these type of subjects. I mean, let's just look at the US at this moment in time. And obviously, I know there's a few things going on which are unsavory in regards to unjust and things of that nature. But that is... In part of the American Dream, you sold a dream. It's a mar- I don't to call it a marketing tool, a marketing tool, but that's what it is. It's a marketing tool as to why you should come to the US, to come to the US and work hard and potentially become successful. What people have found is actually we've had enough. We've had enough, and then people have taken action. I know it's on the basis of something else, but by and large, people have had enough. And then you've got Obama who's come to power, and then you've got let's say the let's say the um, the top one percent, all right or uh, let's say, middle America, or or whatever you want to call it, i have said, we've had enough of this nonsense for eight years, all right, let's bring, they brought in someone else who's, let's say, Trump, to restore, I don't know, what, say, is almost power, and restore power, because, dare I say, the American dream, in terms of people being successful and having opportunity, was potentially coming to fruition, whereas I don't even know if I believe it's even true. The American dream, what is that crap?
1: Well, I guess referring to, uh, going back to what you were saying, Mace, about uh, on the UK side of things and the MBEs and the OBEs, I think that is an achievement that some people may deem as good, some people may deem as bad, but I don't think it's a dream. I don't think those things are dreams because... With the American dream, it tends to come with a number of things. So that's uh, money, power, and respect. Whereas when you get an OBE or an MBE, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have all three. You may uh, may have some form of money, but it doesn't mean you necessarily have the power. You may get some kind of respect within your respective fields, but that doesn't necessarily even mean that you're going to have the money equivalent. So... I wouldn't put that down and state that's a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a UK dream in 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 the same essence as the American dream. And I, I think P. You've kind of labelled the point as being bullshit, which to a degree I definitely understand and agree with. But I think because we're in a society where a lot of it is based on social social status and social class, like we we come we've come up in a class system, so. If you do come out from the hood or from like a working class uh, background and you and you can make it into the middle class background, that's an achievement in itself. That's the dream. So if you come from, for example, you come from a cancer estate and you're then, as you grow up, you're able to then afford a lifestyle where you can have a family and live in a, a house with a garden. That essentially is the dream to be able to, that, that is it that's the UK equivalent, I would say, whereas the the American dream is a bit more, it's got a bit more prettiness to it. It's, a, it's got like a, a gold bow where you've got the white picket fence and you've got 2.2 kids and, do you know what I mean? You've got two cars in a two-garage two drive and, do you know what I mean? They, they probably put a bit more emphasis on it and it's drilled into them so much. And as P, you rightly said, it's their propaganda to the world for people to come over and almost, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the streets are paved with gold. So come over to America and you can, you too can make it. You too can make the American dream. Once you get to America and you're, you've are you got that American passport or the green card or whatever it is, you're considered American so you can have your own slice of the American dream. Whereas in the UK, it's a bit more upper and it's a bit more, Stay within your own realm. Stay within your working class background. Stay within your middle class background, or stay within your your upper, uh, upper class background. And if you can get out of it, or if you can aspire to to raise up a level, good for you. But we're not necessarily going to celebrate it. It's just for you and yourself to 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 make that that choice. Whether you want to let people know about it, or just live your life and do your thing. It's not really. Uh, as, as widely publicized and widely congratulated when you do have some form of achievement of getting out from the position you may have started in.
2: I think you made some very, very good points. Just, just last thing on that, um, I think to move from one, one class system into another, or even just say it's poor, middle, and higher, I think to move mm-hmm. through the three is very, very, very difficult. In particular, if you've come from, let's say, a first generation family, let's say like myself, right? Because my parents came here. I was born here. Very difficult to move from one to another or into the top one. Very difficult. Inso, I don't want to say inso, but let's say that dream is sold. And even within that, there are so many different factors in terms of people actually making it difficult for you to actually enter into that second one or even to enter into that top one. And within that, as to some of the dreams, I think some of the dreams were actually going to university, actually, uh, or certainly one of them to begin with. And I think, in going to university, which is fantastic, and educating yourself, which a lot of people don't understand, comes a lot of debt. And if, depending on what generation of family you came from, to actually get yourself out of that debt, as well as then maintain your, your lifestyle, or improve your lifestyle, and then take it up a notch, is extremely difficult.
1: So um, that, think, yeah, I mean, touching touch base on university and things like that, needs so a career progression. They, they mention that on page 73, they say careers are dangerous because people invest so much of themselves into their careers that they establish an, an identity and a social status based upon their job title. Do you agree or disagree and why?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, even, in the book, yeah? even in the book, and we've had this discussion, they even, it even goes back to the age of question when you meet someone and you're like, what do you do? And I, I, I said, I hate that question. And they put it in a good way. They actually said, rather than saying that, just say, just ask them what you're passionate about. Because what you do and what you're passionate about are two separate things. There's a lot of people that do stuff that actually passionate about that. They're passionate about something completely different. And when you ask them what you do, straight away, you're trying to envision in your head, all right, are they, are they financially successful? Um, um, do they have longevity in their career? Are they someone of power? That's what you're thinking in your head. Because if someone told you they a dustbin cleaner, Straight away, you're not going to be thinking in your head, yeah, this is the man of my dreams. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of right about the ugly roots of career. And also, if you're in a career which is actually, you might hate the job, but in terms of your lifestyle, in terms of making sure your family are okay, you have a nice house and a garden and a car and that, it's helping you, which is what these guys had. It's very difficult because they talk about upheaval and just saying, do you not know, scrap all that. It's easier said than done to just scrap all of that, especially if you've got a fancy mm-hmm. car mortgage player, and all the rest of it. That's why they're right. If you're in deep introduction to a career or a career path, and then actually you've had enough and you want to live this minimalistic life. It's all its all good saying that, but it's not as easy as that. Do you know what I'm
2: saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree um, any more with what Mason said, really. I mean, it's funny, because we've had this conversation before, and I remember I was talking with someone as to this same, same topic, and what we said was essentially that. Why do people, why is the first question when you meet someone is what do you do? Why can't it be what you're passionate about? And then it was funny. We had this conversation and then the last thing we said to each other was bye. And it was like, um, she was going to study um a master's in, in, in Amsterdam. And I said, goodbye and good luck with what you're doing in Amsterdam. She was like, goodbye and good luck with um, um whatever it is you do. And then we kind of laughed and went in two different directions, which I kind of found funny really, because we had a long conversation and a good conversation about any and anything. But there was an attachment as to what I do, rather than what I'm passionate about.
1: Yeah, uh, so to, to, again, without making it sound boring, but I echo and second everything that you guys have both said. I do agree with with that statement, and um, yeah, yeah, I don't even want to keep reiterating what you both said because you both made valid, valid good points. But it, it does it does draw on to the next question where. We speak, as you mentioned, about passion and you mentioned it slightly and I'll read the excerpt what you're talking about, Mace, where it talks about uh, what passions are. And when presented with this question and the question being, what do you do? The two of us tend to answer with another question such as, that's a rather expansive question. What do you mean by it? Or that's a rather expansive question. Perhaps we could discuss it over a cup of tea. And another way to answer this question is by stating what you're passionate about instead of sparting off what your vocation is. And yeah, going on further, it says passion fuels more passion. I wanted to ask, has your passions changed, has your passion or passions changed over the time and what have they been?
2: Um, My passions have changed over time and by and large, I mean, some of them have remained the same. But as I've grown as a person, I've discovered that I like, other things so such as maybe being creative so when I went traveling I loved going to museums and things of that nature so I've got a love for I didn't know what it was or what type of art but I got a love for contemporary art I have got a love for different types of art if I'm honest in that sometimes they explain a time piece or a time period and I just enjoy um acquiring knowledge and information so yeah I enjoy being creative so there's there's other things that I have gone on to enjoy and be passionate about.
0: Yes. I'll be honest, like, I need to rediscover some passion. Um, I feel like I was a lot more passionate about things when I was younger, and that's kind of drifted apart. So maybe there's things I was passionate about before that I'm not passionate about now, but I haven't discovered new passions. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's all I want to say on it, really. Cool. Um, my passions have changed a bit slightly. I used to be passionate about football. Like, I used to love football. I used to eat, sleep, drink, shit football. but Now I'm farthest, like you wouldn't catch me watching a football match, not because I think there's anything wrong with it, it's just I'm just not passionate about it no more. I don't really give it as much airtime as I once would, so that's definitely something that I've probably changed. I've always had a passion for reading, maybe not as intensely as it is now, but from young I've always liked to read, I just enjoyed reading pretty much anything and everything. So that's one passion that's changed and one passion that has remained. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Can I ask you why those passions? I mean, with Mason, I don't know if he wants to expand a bit. He said he's mm. kind of lost passion or maybe, let's say, well, I don't want to say he's lost his way, but I think you understand what I'm saying. But in regards yeah. to yours in football, why has your passion changed from, from football? What happened that changed, that changed that passion?
1: I was on the road to wanting to be a professional footballer. And it got to a point, and I think, like, looking back in it in hindsight, I probably stopped stopped it a lot earlier than what I should have. And, yeah, it was a case of I felt, all right, well, if I haven't made it at this point, what's the point kind of thing? And I started slowly backing away from it, more more engaging. I used to play it a lot, but as I stopped playing it, I also sort of stopped watching it as much as I used to as well. So that's what uh, caused it. It was the case of me wanting to be a professional footballer. It was my dream. It was my life to an extent. And when I felt that dream wasn't going to be um, made, then I kind of backed, up, backed away from it and started looking at other things to to put my uh, energy and time into. Okay. Okay. Uh, <sighs> It's a bit of an abstract question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. It wasn't really a main question I had because of the book, but just because we're talking about passions, I thought it could be a good question to see where it goes. But I'm going to pose a question to you, it being, who are you?
2: So sure, I can ask you, I don't know, if basically you're going to go first.
1: You take 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 the... Um, oh, take. Um,
2: I know, so I don't know if I can articulate it very well, but I'm very, very clear with with who I am. Um, I don't know. Do you want to ask me? I don't know. Maybe a, a sub question as to that, so I can maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't know oh, where to are. I just want
1: that, that. That was purely it. That's why I said it's a bit of an abstract question because. Okay, no, this is what there, I is would say. Hopefully,
2: I continue. Doing that. I think a lot of people actually don't know who they. They really don't know who they are. Whereas I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of who I am because of a lot of my traveling, a lot of my experiences a lot of my experiences. So I know exactly who I am. I'll say I'm an individual who's very passionate about, um, I'm very passionate about a few things. I'm very passionate about people. And I believe those things partly encompass who I am. I don't want to actually give off any more information. And the reason why I say it, is because I think it's important to keep some, some things close to my chest, actually. Um, but yeah, I care about the wider community and I'm very passionate about a few things to which are my vocations.
0: It's... sorry, just went to discover who I was. Now, I'm... <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a very hard question because I'm probably different. I'm a probably, oh. I'm probably a different person to different people. Yeah, I understand that. Um, how well, do one... Rich, I want you to just answer that first.
1: <laughs> uh, cool. I, I am. Um... I am, I'm a person that is always evolving, to be fair. like Similar to yourself, I am a different person to different people. But essentially, I'm someone that enjoys, I like to enjoy life. I like to learn. I'm a student of life. That's who I am. I'm a student of life.
2: Mm. Um, oh, Sorry, is that a very simple answer? That's not me being cheeky, I'm just...
1: No, it is a simple answer because I don't think... Again, it's a bit of an esoteric question and an expansive question. Like, that's why you asked me, is there any sub-questions to it? But I think if I was to really think about it, who I am is changing every day. Mm-hmm. So who I am today, I may be someone else tomorrow. And I don't mean literally in a sense of I'm going to be a whole different person. But the same way we, we go into each day and look to have a 1% improvement in different factors or aspects of our life. Tomorrow, I can say one thing today as we're recording. Then tomorrow, I may feel slightly different about the person I am. So that's why I say I'm a student of life. I'm always looking to learn and and experience new things. I I can tell you what I enjoy doing. I can tell you what I'm passionate about. But does those things make me who I am? I I don't think they do per se. So that's why it is a simple answer. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, it's hard for me to. To give a direct answer, if I'm honest about who I am. That's cool. That's cool. That's. I just wanted to put it out there, like just just answer it how you feel, bro. Do you know who you are? Sorry,
2: did
0: I stand up Now I'm joking. Do you know? Do you do you know? Who you are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not pulling that bracket. What you spoke about, P, where people don't know who they like. Maybe I'm still trying to find that to find exactly to pinpoint exact and precise words as to who I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give something here that. And then half an hour later, think about it, think, nah, like,
1: actually, I'm wrong about that. Or actually, why not I say... What's wrong, with, what's wrong with that? That's my point. But that's, mm-hmm. that was my point when I was saying, you may think of something now, tomorrow, or half an hour later, you may think, well, I've changed. Now. Yeah. just because I'm now a different person. So mm-hmm. I don't think who you are is a static notion. Yeah.
2: No, I think, I think you can... I mean, they use words such as continuum... Um, in this book, maybe a few times, and I think I think we all have a core as to who we are, and I think we grow so like not my question i mean I could have asked one or two more questions, but i didn 't necessarily want to probe so my question could my question could be uh, for example so mason you 're going out you 're going out after this conversation, so mm-hmm. like I know you 'll have a good time today, et etc, et etc, and part of what you 're going to do today
0: makes up who you are, so you're a social being so Not necessarily, because if you go back to, um, what was the acronym, Tara? yep, It's all about, like, it's all about... um... Tolerance, acceptance.
1: Tolerance, acceptance, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that. But, like, you've got to take into account that you're not one person when you're in a relationship, you know what I'm saying? And it's all about the fact that I'm doing something today, which, yeah, I might benefit from, but at the same time, it's because I want... I want people around me to to be happy as well. Does
2: that make sense? Yeah, I mean, see, that's a great. That's a that's a that's a very good point because I know we've had conversations as to ah oh, I forget what it was. It was on another podcast as to we're well, giving opinions on ourselves, and I think you were saying that you I mean, by and large, Mason's an individual who is very supportive, whoa, very supportive of other individuals and their endeavours more so than his own endeavours. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what I was actually leading to, but that is the type of person Mason is. And that's what I was referencing as to him being a a social being. And that may be forming part of the construct of who he is.
1: Yeah. But again, going back to the point made about us having, like, people having different perspectives of who we are. So your perspective of Mace is what you've just described, where his mum or work colleague or someone else in his life may, may describe it as him as being something different. Does that make sense?
2: It does, but I think I think yeah, no, you 100% make sense. I think my point being was I think at, at, core, at the core, I think we have um, like a foundation which makes up who we are. But I understand exactly what you're telling me because you're saying at work, you could be one individual, but um, among friends, you could be another.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, just to move on to, we don't want don't to stay on that too long. In regards to identity, when you're trapped in this kind of identity, it's hard to realise you are not your job. You are not your staff and you are not your debt. You are not your paycheck. You are much more. And that's on page 79. Do you think labels such as mentor, leader, contrib- contrib- contributor, contributor, or minimalist is more meaningful than director or manager.
0: It depends on who's looking at it from whose perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent is is the short answer and probably the only answer I'm going to give. Um, like, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm, uh, if I'm a young aspiring actor. And I have a mentor who was starred in a long-running BBC series, for instance. That mentor is more important to me than the director of the BBC. I couldn't give a shit about the director of the BBC. It's that mentor that's teaching me and gonna and gonna help to shape me to become a great actor if that's my passion or field. That's a, that, that's the only thing I could think of at the time. But I honestly think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't understand the question to begin with, but I think I understand based on what Mason said. I yeah, I fully agree. Um, I think, yeah.
0: The, the question that it's almost also there's there's like these titles which maybe in the wider society, if you compared that those three or four titles that French mentioned against the two director, uh, yeah. director like chief exec or whatever, if you compare them in society, most people would be like, well, director chief exec it must mean this this certain salary, this certain command, this certain influence. But actually, if you're depending on who you are, you might strive, not strive, but you might um the importance of a mentor is much more important than becoming a director or striving to be a director, if that's making sense. They can't really influence you, whereas a mentor can, and they could have they could really help you in your life. No, I, yeah. You said it very well.
1: Yeah, no, perfectly. Like, greatly executed, I'd say on that. In regards to the labels being more meaningful, <laughs> this is where I, my gripe is with labels because, Rightly so, as may said, you can like to use your same example, you can have a label of being a director or a manager, but get more knowledge and more um out of speaking to a mentor or a life coach, so to speak, and similar to as we've as we've already seen in this whole covid nineteen the labels that we we give and their the credence that comes with these certain labels doesn't mean shit because. We've got, like, multi-millionaires. And I don't want to shit on footballers because it's not their fault, per se. But, like, just just because it's the most easiest thing to, to zoom into. But you've got, like, footballers pay millions of pounds. You've got uh, rappers. You've got entertainers, whether it's TV stars or actors and stuff. And they're, they're always celebrated in the social construct of ours. And they've always been made to... To be given the, the light whenever uh, the light is being shined on us as a people but the fact of the matter is as we've seen the doctors and the nurses and the delivery people and all those people that don't necessarily get the shine that they would normally get are the ones that we're relying on in this in this epidemic that we're we're seeing at the moment so that's my, that's my gripe with labels. I don't think one's more meaningful than the other. It definitely depends on the perspective that it's being looked upon, which is why I agree with you, Miss. Yeah. Uh, it, it goes on to mention on page 92, if you want to learn how to turn your passion into, mission, into your mission, the fastest, most efficient way to emulate someone already doing it is called modeling. Is there anyone you model from or would like to? um i think i model quite frequently
2: i think i'm an individual every day without fail i'm watching things on youtube i yeah i do things of that nature quite frequently whether it's watching things on youtube going over notes um, studying yeah i do a lot now even on ig i study a lot of people who are doing things um on ig not necessarily on ig but have platforms and bigger platforms and i model what they're doing and how i can incorporate it in my life i mean I maintain my personality and my characteristics. Um,
0: but I do a lot of modeling, yeah.
1: Mm.
0: I don't actually. Well, I, I watch I'm influenced by a lot of things, or or I I'm not even necessarily influenced. I mean like yourself, P, I'm also on YouTube quite a lot, just looking at things, but I don't know if I actually model myself against anyone. Uh I probably don't, to be fair, which is probably not a bad thing. But I suppose if I wanted to grow and develop as a person, I, I probably should. there's there's various things I watch. Like even the, we speaking earlier here about the Joe Rogan and Kevin Hart podcast um, or interview that Joe Rogan done with Kevin Hart, and like just hearing and hearing what Kevin Hart like the influence, the way he's able to he's he's able to. His positive positivity almost like shines through in a room. Like it's almost like, and I think they speak about in the book, where someone who's positive, their nature, their positive nature almost they can bring people around and to become positive and almost strive to achieve more. It's that kind of thing. But I don't have a particular name I could bring up and say, Yeah, I model myself on that person and strive towards being like that person.
1: Yeah. It's funny you should mention Kevin Hart because. I wouldn't say I actively model myself on Kevin Hart, but he's an influence that I would use in terms of his positivity, how he's gone about business, his inspiration, like his aspirations and what he's trying to do within the business world. Jay-Z, Sean Carter is another person that I wouldn't say I specifically model myself upon, but I take and watch their moves and I look to see how they conduct themselves and their viewpoints and how they come to their decisions. So yeah, I guess similar to you both. I, I watch YouTube clips and I read books and I there's people that I think that I would like to emulate or do something similar, but be myself at the end of the day, because I'm an individual. I don't want to copy someone, but I would definitely take and model some of their movements or how they've gone about getting their mindset to where they need it to be. So I can't say that I have modeled say like literally that in the essence of modeling myself on someone but i consider all these people that i've just mentioned as mentors of mine in some aspects